Welcome back, everybody, to the Between the Stitches podcast, baseball-only show. I am Ryan. He is Jared. We played baseball together, and now we're talking about it. We got a decent episode for you guys today. Episode number 13. Lucky number 13. The standings as of the second week of May are not what they should be. We will talk about that. We will discuss the no-hitters that we've seen so far this year. We'll talk about the situation between Madison Bumgarner and an umpire looking to start a fight. And the unwritten rules, once again, prove themselves fucking useless. So thank you guys for tuning into the episode. Let's jump straight into it. Jared, we're back with episode 13, Between the Stitches. Get a little recap going of what the standings sort of look like as of now and how these teams have been trending. Because there's some teams in the standings in Major League Baseball right now that just simply put are not where they're supposed to be. They just shouldn't be where they are. Going from east to west, American to national. It's not surprising to see the Yankees in first place because they were a good team. But it is surprising to see them at 22-8 and eight and have a four-and-a-half four game lead over Tampa Bay and a six-game lead over Toronto. It's early, but I think I'm surprised to see that at the top of the American League East. And on the bottom, very surprised to see the Boston Red Sox at 11-19. and 19. 11 games back of the Yankees already. Makes no fucking sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I don't get why that lineup is not fucking producing. The pit, the pitchers aren't producing either. The whole team is playing bad. I mean, you, you could go to them right now. Let's see. I mean, just off the top of my head. Devers, Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Trevor Story, Kike Hernandez... Verdugo. Yeah, you got so you got Bo- Bogarts is Bogarts and Devers are doing their part. They're both hitting over three hundred. Bogarts did three fifty four. Devers at three fifteen, and then Martinez is two eighty nine. But then you have a huge drop off, and you have Verdugo, Story, and Kike Hernandez. Kike Hernandez bat one seventy, which after his playoffs last year, I think that, that a lot of people thought this is gonna be like his real breakout campaign. Verdugo was supposed to be kind of a like a in the, that breakout mode too, has been struggling so far, and then yeah, the, like those three guys, uh, those, there's really those, those those two guys up top, and JD Martinez is doing decent. And then you go over and you look at some of their pitching stats. Let's see what let's see what we have here. I can't actually see. What well, does not actually show me their stats right now? It's just showing me their their earned runs. Um, but yeah, I just feel like. I feel like uh, like a guy like who's the guy that we talked about Tanner Huck. 
Yes. I think we talked about Tanner Huff being really good. And granted, it's early in the year. He's only thrown 24 innings. But he's 2-3 and three of the almost a 6 ERA. So that like that's something that you and I called out as to something that we would think would um, uh, like a highlight for them of why they might succeed. You have you have Nick Pavetta throwing for them. There's zero and four with a six ERA. Yeah, you, you have Matt Barnes, their closer, with a seven eight four ERA. Yeah, if all these throwing okay, uh, like one and one with like a three ERA, there's nothing to complain about there. Then you go over to like. I mean, you're falling. You're falling down to like Rich Hill, and the, those guys just aren't. They're not eating a whole lot of innings, but they're giving up runs like that. And, and the bullpen's not like it's not as good as we thought. But it, I just, all that being said, that team should not be behind the Baltimore Orioles and only have won eleven games so far. So correct. That's correct. Doesn't make sense in the American League East. Uh, the AL Central. It is a bit surprising to find the Twins in first place. To have them at eighteen and twelve, I mean, it's not like it's not like crazy. Things are starting to even out a little bit. You know, like we mentioned before, the White Sox had lost ten yeah. or eleven in a row, eight and two they in the last that. ten. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, like that team, that team's coming back to what we closer to what we expected them to be. Uh, and you got to think, if you lost ten in a row, and there's only been thirty games in a season, you're not going to be leading that division. Nope. But the fact that they're over 500, by the way, is fucking almost miraculous. They've played 29 games, and they're 15 and 14. I mean, that's pretty good. And they're still not fully healthy either. No. And their bullpen bullpen hasn't been pitching as well. as Dude, Hendricks has been horrible for them this year. I don't get it. Yeah, he's been – he lost me big money that one time I saw you. But, yeah, it's – yeah, the White Sox have been – like, White Sox are coming back up. Minnesota actually doesn't surprise me. they got some young pitchers that actually can chuck it a little bit. Yeah. Um. And then that their lineup, their lineup's better than you think. You know, it's like with Buxton and Correa both in there. And then they I mean, got Byron some, Buxton some when he's healthy is a fucking MVP candidate. So yeah, it's not surprising at all. I think uh, uh, Cleveland, Cle- Detroit's kind of surprising me because Detroit. I, we thought we both thought Detroit might be a little bit better than they are. Yeah, they got those, yeah. all that young pitching, and they're they're just not really performing right now. KC, Detroit sitting at the bottom. Cleveland's Cleveland's uh, actually been playing decent baseball as well. It just seems like that's a that's a team that actually has. It's just kind of like you just don't hear about them off very like very often. Like yeah, they got Jose nothing Ramirez, to lose, man. They got nothing Jose to lose. Ramirez played for the Dodgers. He would be a fucking on the team. Yeah. So it's it's just like I don't know. There's just guys. There's just guys um, on that team that are better than people know, and so it doesn't really surprise me to see them in the middle of the pack. Yeah, but I agree. I expect I still fully expect the White Sox to fucking grind through the season and pound that division. Yeah, oh, for sure, so. for sure. Um, yeah, the AL West, I think, I don't think any of it is incredibly shocking except for the Angels are just on fucking fire. They're 21 and 11. They're, yeah, they're 21 and 11. They're coming off a 12 nothing victory over the Tampa Bay Rays. Reed Detmers throws a no-no, which we'll get into a little bit later. They're two. They're a full game above the uh, Astros, who are nineteen and eleven. So it's not surprising to see the Astros. It's a bit shocking to see the Mariners as low as they are, fourteen and seventeen. And I think that's about it. I mean, if the division ended up finishing this exact way, Angels, Astros, Mariners, I wouldn't be that shocked. I think it'll end up being 
Astros Angels Mariners. But good for the Angels. Like it's about fucking time Mike Trout is in a situation where it's like he's actually playing inspired baseball with a good baseball team that's actually winning baseball games. It's it's refreshing. Cause then Trout is now like I mean, now he's got Otani, Rendon is healthy. Taylor Ward is going to be an all-star, most likely, fucking shredding the ball. Um, They've just been playing good baseball. Andrew Velasquez at shortstop is just a gold glover, apparently. He's unbelievable. They just look really good. Syndergaard's throwing the ball well for them. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for the Angels. You know, they look like a solid pick to make the postseason at this point in the year, which which is interesting. So good for the Angels. Um, moving on to the National League from east to west, the Mets are in first. The Mets have a seven-game lead over the Braves, who are in second place. And again, as we've mentioned before, the Mets are the only team in that division with a record over 500. They're 21 and 10, which is yeah, very good. The real only surprise is well, there's two surprises actually in that. The way Atlanta and Philly, but like it doesn't make sense. If you go and look up, look at their lineups. If you go look at their their pitching staffs, Atlanta and Philadelphia should be fucking good teams. They should be winning. They should be up there with like 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 a Houston type record, like a nineteen and eleven. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, something like that. So it's, they're wildly underperforming, and it's still early in the season. We're not even a, a fifth. We're not even twenty percent through, are we? No, we're not. Not even twenty percent through the season. So. It'll be interesting to see. I'm guessing that the fucking it's going to return a little bit closer to the median, and you're going to see Atlanta and Philly kind of climb out of there, and it's going to finish in that sort of fashion. It's going to be a a Mets Atlanta Philly finish, or a Mets Philly Atlanta. I, I'd like to think that the Phillies could be better than. I think it's going to go uh, Mets Atlanta Philly. I think Philly is they're just they have great players, but they're just kind of not great. Like they just don't really scrap together enough. I mean, the, look at the Marlins. They have the same record as the fucking Philadelphia Phillies. And the Marlins aren't a good team, but they're not bad. They're not that bad. You look at their fucking ro- rotation, dude. Pablo Lopez right now would win the Cy Young if the season ended today. Sandy Alcantara is fucking nasty. Taylor Rogers is really good. Jesus Lazardo, monster. Like, they have good pitching. Their lineup's not great, but it's not the worst. You know, I don't think Philly just kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't know what to say. They just suck. Sucks for them, but not really. You know, like, figure it out. Go get more pitching. Go get, I don't know, somebody else. I don't know. The Mets look fucking good, and they're playing inspired baseball, and that's good for them. So, go Mets. National League Central. Not much stands out. Brewers are in first. Cardinals are in second. I think a lot of people had the Pirates behind the Cubs. But, you know, either way, Pirates are third. Cubs are fourth. Reds are in last place. My God. With seven wins and 24 losses. I mean, it's just totally they did, disgusting. They did absolutely put it on the Brewers today, though. They did. They did, but he, but you know that's just one of those situations where the guy just probably had a bad outing, and then they went to their their shit bullpen guys. Yep, yep. So not much to not much to write home about in the NL Central, uh, in the NL West. 
Dodgers are in first. Shocker. 20 and 9. Great baseball team. Have the best ERA in baseball. They have the best lineup in baseball. Dodgers should win the World Series convincingly this year without really much of a much of a pushback. The Padres are in second place in that division. However, they have a plus 10 run differential. They're six and four in their last 10. They are like 19th in the MLB and team ERA and like tw- uh, 25th in bullpen ERA. They're like 14th in overall OPS. Like they've just, they've played bad teams and I'm a Padres fan. So I'd be the one to know this stuff, but they just had a streak, a stretch of games where they played the pirates, the reds six times and the Marlins like that's and they're playing the Cubs right now it's good that they're beating them but they're not really beating them as much or as convincingly as maybe they should have the most surprising thing about the American League or excuse me about the National League West and Jared can attest to this four and a half games separating the Dodgers and the last place Rockies every team is at least two games over 500 20 and 9 for the Dodgers, 20 and 11 for the Padres, 18 and 12 for the Giants, 17 and 14 for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and 16 and 14 for the Rockies. If you're a Rockies fan, you're like, fuck, 16 and 14? Chris Bryant's been hurt for a while? That ain't bad. I can live with that. Mm, last place. Like, <laughs> what? This doesn't make sense. It's a weird division. We all pretty much predicted that this one might be the most competitive division. But we all had Dodgers, Giants, uh, Padres, or Dodgers, Padres, Giants, and then like Rockies fourth, maybe hovering a little bit around 500, but not going to be competitive. The Diamondbacks at 17 and 14. What the fuck is going on? I mean, they have three guys in their rotation right now, Jared, that might make the All Star team. They might. Oh yeah, dude. Zach, who's Zach Gallen? Zach uh, Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Merrill Kelly, and Madbum are shoving the baseball. Yeah. They yeah, are I think Zach, shoving it. Zach Gallen has been fucking lights out. And I know Merrill Kelly has been really good too, but Zach Gallen's stuff is like obviously way more explosive than uh, Merrill Kelly. But like Zach Gallen's fun to watch. So yeah, he's, you're right. That guy could, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of like that. When, remember when they had like Brandon Webb? Who, who was that staff? They yeah. Like, like three guys. Brandon Webb, like Ian Kennedy or something like uh Yeah, I don't know. It was a while back, but it was like you always knew the Diamondbacks had three good pitchers, even yeah. if they weren't that great of a team. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I I uh I I I'm surprised by the Diamondbacks. I think when we check back in a month from now, I think the Padres will probably slide down to third. I think the Rockies will slide up to fourth and things will start to sort of even themselves out. The Giants went in a little bit. Uh, yeah, I guess a little bit of a skid, you know. Um, they lost, I think, like four or five in a row. But um, you know, I think the NL West is going to be fun to watch at the end of the year. I think those matchups between Padres, Dodgers, Padres, Giants, Dodgers, Giants. It's going to be fun. It'll be fun to see. So. Excited to see how that unfolds. That's the standings for the Major League Baseball. Dodgers in first. First place teams in the National League. Mets, Brewers, Dodgers, American League, Yankees, Twins, Angels. If you looked at uh, 
what's advanced standings? I don't know. Ugh, excuse me. If you looked at the advanced standings in the Ameri in the National League, the six playoff teams would be Mets, Brewers, Dodgers, Padres, Giants, Cardinals. Sounds like a good bunch to me. In the American League, you'd get the Yankees, the Rays, the Angels, the Astros, the Twins, and the Blue Jays. Again, sounds like a great group to me. So hopefully it stays that way and we get, you know, the six best teams in each league and the playoffs are exciting. So speaking of uh, the standings and the overperformers, we'd mentioned the LA Angels of Anaheim and they're seemingly overperformances here, but is it, Jared? Is it overperforming? When you got Noah Syndergaard, you got a guy like uh, Shohei Otani pitching in their rotation, not as regularly, but, you know, once a week. And then you got guys like Reed Detmers throwing no hitters against the Tampa Bay Rays. Reed Detmers, nine innings pitched, two punch-outs. Two, two punch outs, complete game, no hits against the Tampa Bay Rays. And before we get into that, Jared, not sure if you saw or not, but the Angels were up 10 nothing in the ninth inning, and the, the Rays brought in Brett Phillips. So subsequently, the, um, The Angels were just teeing off on Brett Phillips. Show uh, Mike Trout had a home run off of him. Rendon, Anthony Rendon comes up, a right-handed hitter, and he comes up batting left-handed, which is funny. All right, it is what it is. Rays aren't taking it personal. You know, if you want to do it, then do it. Uh, comes up, first pitch from Brett Phillips is like 50 miles an hour. Apparently, Anthony Rendon like can swing it left-handed because he comes up and puts a nice fucking hack on this ball and it's a fucking home run left-handed like that's hilarious <laughs> so i mean it's impressive jared like I, I mean even if it was slow pitch softball which is basically what it was i probably wouldn't be able to hit a home run left-handed like that's hard no shot for me i mean yeah, i don't know man that, that's uh the exit velo on that ball the home running hit was like 104 i was like so it's kind of smoke dude <laughs> yeah i was like Dude, to hit a ball 104 off of a 54-mile-an-hour pitch, like, that's kind of hard to do. So, Reed Detmer's no-hitter, Jared. I don't know if we talked about the Mets no-hitter last time we were on or if, if that had happened already, but two no-hitters before May 11th. How many no-hitters are we going to get this year? Over under – we've already had two. Over under five and a half. We go under. Under five, five no hitters, five right on the right on the dot. Five no hitters. Yeah, I think I take. We're gonna get three more. I think I take the over on that. I think it's the year of the no hitter again, and that's not maybe this year specifically, but dude, guys are so filthy. If you can't get a hit, I, and this is not a knock on Reed Detmers, but the guys throwing. The guy's throwing, like, 92, 93. He's got a decent breaking ball. 
changeup was good last night, and they just don't get one hit off of him, like, come on. There's going to be a ton. Justin Verlander also almost threw a no-hitter last night. He went into the eighth inning with a no-hitter and then gave it up to the Twins. So I think we're going to see a bunch more this year. And I think if Jacob deGrom ever comes back, he might throw a fucking four. I mean, that guy is its a fucking joke. Dude, when he's throwing, like, when he's fully healthy, it's like 101 on the black, 94-mile-an-hour slider. 91-mile-an-hour slider. Yeah, change up at 89, change up at change up at 91 miles an hour, dipping. Like, it's nasty. So, I got over five on that. Good for Reed Detmers for hitting the home run. Um, over the span between our last shows, Jared, we had an incident between Madison Bumgarner and the umpires. The umpires this year are doing substance checks where they are checking the fingers and the hands of pitchers as they come off the mound to check if the stickiness is still there or anything like that. And Mad Bum came off the mound after arguing a couple of pitches. I forget the umpire's name, Jared, and I I, I got to look it up now because I want to know the name. Um, Mad Bum, umpire, let's see. Dan Bellino was the umpire's name. So Madison Bumgarner got squeezed on a couple pitches. They were balls, but he was complaining. Mad Bum likes to kind of, he's just a fiery guy while he's on the mound. And he complained about a couple pitches after the first inning, comes off the mound, umpire checks his hand, and it just has no actual interest in checking the substance of his hands. He's just staring at Madison Bumgarner right in the eyes. And Bumgarner's looking at his hand, and then he realizes, oh, my God, it's been eight seconds, and the umpire's still petting down my hand. Looks up at him, and he's staring him down. And Matt Bum's like, dude, take – kind of just like, fuck off. Take your time. And the umpire's like, you're gone. The umpire, Dan Bellino, subsequently apologized for his actions of being confrontational. That's a situation we've talked about umpires before in the past, Jared about how if you're bad as an umpire, you need to get publicly fined, you know, or just, like, made an example of. How is Dan Bellino in that situation not suspended 10 games? How? It was so... It was... Horrible. The example he put on, the behavior that he thought was appropriate, he is 100% seeking confrontation. And not doing his job as an umpire, which is to de-escalate situations and to just check his hand. He was just over and over and over. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I mean, seriously, how does that guy not get suspended, Jared, for a week? So, right? Somebody has to hold him accountable. Who's going to do that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That, I, I saw that as well, and I just felt, felt felt like it was like the guy went out there. Like in my mind, I thought Vegas. So uh, what was the what was the uh, over under on Mad Bum strikeouts? <laughs> just, just go out there and piss Mad Bum off to get himself kicked out of the game. <sighs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, they got no. they got they got there, and it's like it's like there's a hey, we need you to we need you to get Mad Bum out of this game. Yeah, squeeze the fuck out of him behind the plate, and then when he gets pissed off, which he will, and you check for his fucking fingers, 
he's going to get more pissed if the longer you draw it out and the bigger scene you make. So once he gets pissed, that's plenty of justification to throw him out. Seriously, it makes, makes sense. <laughs> but I was just shocked that that umpire didn't get suspended. I guess he issued an apology. I don't know. But honestly, fuck that umpire. Fuck almost every umpire in the league because they're so bad at their jobs. And they are... I don't know. It's It was such a crazy situation. Bananas. That, that actually happened. I don't know if there's going to be a way for them, Jared, to... to improve on this substance check but it's also a thing where it's like i don't know it's like just check the baseballs i don't know the whole situation was weird fuck the umpire i guess he apologized but still fuck him it's he's a piece of shit so the last thing we want to talk about here i want to talk about jared and it happened over the break between our episodes The we're talking about the Mets and the Mets are playing great baseball. And a lot of times when you're playing really good baseball and the Phillies are the opposite and they're playing bad baseball, when those two teams match up, shit can hit the fan. And what happened about a week ago was the Mets and the Phillies played each other. Phillies were up seven to one in the ninth inning, seven to one in the ninth inning. And the Mets won the game. The Mets won the game 8-7. to seven. They scored seven runs unanswered in the top of the ninth and held on to win 8-7 to seven in nine innings. It was a catastrophic loss for the Phillies. It was a huge win for the Mets. And like we said, like I said, that's the thing where if, if one team's going good and one team's going bad, that type of shit happens. It was crazy. Like, it was crazy to see that happen. Uh, But the point I wanted to make that I saw that was brought up by somebody on Twitter, Jared, earlier in the year, back towards the end of April, there was a situation where the Giants were up by six against the Washington Nationals. And it was the ninth inning. They were winning by six. Tyro Estrada on the Giants dropped down a drag bunt for a base hit, I think. Or no, in this situation, Tyro Estrada tried to steal second base with a six-run lead in the ninth. And the Nationals players were so mad. Alcides Escobar is looking in the Giants' dugout. What are we doing? What the fuck? Unwritten rules of baseball. You're winning by six. Don't steal bases. Don't try to win. They're up by six, Jared. Guess what? The Phillies were up by six in the ninth, and they lost the game. So you can take your unwritten rules, roll them up real fucking tight, and shove them up your ass. Because they don't exist. They're not fucking real. And if I have the opportunity to score 60 runs against the team, I will do it. I will do it. Now, the only, like, unwritten rule that I think I partially agree with is if you're up by so many that they're bringing in position players to pitch, like the Brett Phillips situation last night in Anaheim, and if you're a hitter, just go up and swing, right? Like, don't work a fucking walk or bunt against a, a, 
position player because you don't need to. Like, the guy's throwing lobbing the ball up there. Like, swing the bat if it's close. But don't not try to hit home run. Like, hit a fucking home run. Who gives a shit, right? <clears throat> so this whole unwritten rule stipulation, we've talked about it before because another thing happened. I think it was also with the Giants where a guy dropped down. I think it was Tyro Strada or somebody else dropped down a drag bunt when they were up by seven or eight or whatever. And everybody was pissed. It's. It's like in the NFL, Jared, like does Patrick Mahomes. Stop trying to throw touchdowns when they're winning by 21 points in the fourth quarter. No, he doesn't. Is it strategically probably smarter to run the ball? To run the clock? Absolutely. But if it's third and 10, they're not just going to run it and fucking give the ball back. They're going to throw the ball. Get a first down. And if that means a 60-yard bomb down the sideline, so be it. But if you have the opportunity, six runs. Like, who who decided six runs was the number? Where you're like, okay, guys, you have to stop trying to get on base. You have to. Sit, okay, hold on, guys. You're up by six. And it's a 3-0 count. You can't swing. You can't swing. Uh-uh-uh-uh. That's against the rules. Fuck off. Seriously, fuck off. If I'm going to get a cookie and I'm a hitter, I'm, I am swinging my fucking ass off. If I'm a hitter, if I'm a base runner and we're up by six and they're not holding me on and the pitcher's got a fucking 2.4 pop time to the plate, I'm going to steal. Sorry. It's part of it. Baseball. Like I've said before, and Jared will agree with me on this, if you don't want the unwritten rules to get broken, maybe you shouldn't get blown out. How about that? Yeah, no, I'm I'm there with you, man. I fucking unwritten rules are, are, are bullshit and it's just it's just old school geezer baseball where they're like you just don't you don't do that. And it's just baseball's a changing game. Somebody they need to the old heads that are part of baseball need to learn how to conform with the new game that the younger people that are making the money and making the game happen and the, the, the way they want to play. That's how it needs to happen. And it's not, like you said, like don't throw the fucking ball right in the middle three. Otherwise you're just going to like, what if you're going to walk him? Was he supposed to take it and let you, what if you end up striking out and it ends up costing you money in a contract later because you fucking didn't hit that home run with four RBIs, you, whatever the reason is, you just gotta, you gotta keep playing the game. And, and I will say one thing that I, I know that uh, we talked about too, it kind of touches on the, the unwritten rules, but I just kind of something I didn't like was I, I don't love position players pitching. I get it. I get the why they do it though. It actually makes sense from the point that you don't want to burn a bullpen arm if, with the game that's lost. But like Brett Phillips yesterday and Anthony Rendon coming up lefty it is it, it took like a, a illeg, like it made the game feel somewhat illegit, I guess. I don't know. It was so, it was so jokey. Like this is professional sports, you know, but I, I mean, you, you see it all the time. You see that shit all the time though. in like all sports, that was just baseball's version of it. So it's kind of weird to bring a batter in and he bats lefty. Um, and he did hit a home run, which was crazy, but it's just like when Brett Phillips comes in, it's like, like, is this the fucking major leagues or is this the Savannah Bananas? 
I get that. That's kind of I get that. There's there's a little bit of that it takes away from like the competitive like spirit, but at the same time, in the same token that I'm I'm arguing with myself here because from a managerial perspective, bring Brett Phillips in to fuck around and and whatever makes sense. Losing so give up give up that fucking bomb or whatever, and it's like you don't want to burn a bullpen arm so. Um, but yeah, that was just something that kind of something that bothers me is when teams just kind of like cave at the end and it feel it makes the the game feel illegit, especially when the game that a no hitter happened. Yeah, that that part was like a little bit weird. Um, but you know, it is what it is. It's not you know, still a no hitter. I just think yeah. uh, I just think the unwritten rules and that that didn't, that didn't play into. I didn't play into the game at all last night, but it was just like you literally in the span of three weeks or two weeks, you have one team getting mad at another team for breaking in the unwritten rules and trying to score more when they're down, when they're up by six. And then two weeks later, a team is up by six in the ninth and they lose the game. So I just, I don't understand it. I think it's complete bullshit. And anybody who thinks that it's fucking, you can't bunny do whatever. Fuck off. How about that? Eat my ass. I'm going to score 30 if I want to. Because it sets me up for a better situation. Sets the other team up in a worse situation. And yeah, fuck them. It is what it is. So that's, pr- that's going to do it, Jared, for this episode. Nice and brief. Wanted to keep you guys engaged and locked in. But at the same time, wanted to cover some different topics. So Absolutely. We uh, we appreciate you guys tuning into the episode as always. Be sure to check us out on social media. We greatly appreciate the support as usual. Between the Stitches podcast is a member, a part of the Phenomenal Fan Media Group. My name is Ryan. His name is Jared. We thank you very much for tuning in, and we will catch you guys on the next episode of Between the Stitches. Let's go. Bye.